0: This is the unscripted podcast. Glad to be back. Where you been? Little Mountain Ministry Camp, What's baby. That? What's that? Well, you know what it is, but I'll tell our listeners.
1: Right. Well, I was, that was an easy one to That was an get easy probe, right? right yeah. Probe? You mean plug?
0: Plug, probe, whatever. <laughs> That's probably
1: a different podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Little Mountain Ministry Camp. Um, Started out nine years ago with six campers, six guys at a church that said we want to, uh, man, we want to learn like how to how to preach or some stuff about ministry. And so their their uh, their preacher had uh, tried to take them to another camp and didn't work out. And so he went. to His elder said, "Can I can I just do one uh, here?" And they're like, "Yeah."
1: So is it a a church mm-hmm. that explain this to me? Yeah, cause so, I can't understand this because like I hear. I know several people up in that area mm-hmm. that were talking about it last week, but they all none of them go to that congregation but Mm-mm. but apparently there's a church,
0: Yeah, so little mountain little mountain church of Christ,
1: okay, so that's an area that's, Yeah. that's not i thought it was just y'all had named it little mountain Mm-mm. no okay. that's it's
0: an area the i don't i don't remember I was talking to a guy the other day, um his son was there and, and uh, he was talking about whenever his daddy first started preaching out there at the church. Okay. And he said uh, – So this is a community. Yes, yeah, a community. So there's a there's a little bitty like hill, what mean you would call a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's away from – like it's it's only like a half a mile from another mountain range. Mm-hmm. But so it's just one of these formations that came up and uh, probably in the flood. And um, anyways, you can really see it when you're far away. And, and I've flown over in a helicopter looking for – stuff and law enforcement. But you can definitely tell it's a little mountain then. But um but anyways, they put a church in that community back in the you know 100 120 years ago. And um guy was telling me the other day about he's like, "Yeah, I remember when they had the outhouse out here and no there was no bathrooms and they they put the bathrooms in and you know, then they the church members actually uh when they made two additions to the church, they they drove the nails and they got the lumber pretty cheap way back when and they said we'll do the labor and uh man you talk about all the learning experiences <clears throat> from those yeah. days and uh but so it's a it's a neat thing um so they started to camp and uh, you know they didn't have any showers or <laughs> anything and they they stemmed up you know water hoses behind plywood you know the first year and uh, maybe even the and then they you know they got shower houses you know shower trailer brought in one year that's that's what they were doing the first year I was involved two thousand seventeen and um I don't know what they did the all three years before that, but long and short of it uh it's you know went from six and now it's sixty campers and we say we don't want to get any week any bigger than that because you'd lose the you know the one on one side of it um now they're already talking about maybe they had to turn away seven campers last year and had to turn away nine this year. Um, so the fact that, you know, when kids get involved, uh, you know, it's a, it's a powerful thing whenever you have, when you have, you know, guys like you who are there, you know, preaching and teaching, but then you're spending the whole week with them Mm -hmm. you know, you know how church camp is and that's right, but this, it's got a different mentality, um, because everybody who's there are actually thinking about souls and how can I be a soul winner? And that's what the whole camp's about, and and so you don't have to worry about like a bunch of riffraff from you know the outside world. You know, our camp at little at a uh, Gulf Coast, it's a really good outreach week, and we outreach to the community, and and we try to, you know, I guess probably sixty percent of our kids are in the church, and forty percent are not.
1: But it brings some processing challenges.
0: Yeah, a lot of it, and um, so but here it's kind of like it's it's a circle of the or it's the circle of the wagons week. And so we get to focus in on our own. It's a really internal push for the church and there's that we had kids kids and men from eight different states and all over the southeast. We had ever we had the whole SEC except for Florida and South Carolina. Nobody cares about the SEC. Nobody about. cares about the SEC, yeah. They only uh, care about ACC. Yeah. But um Go to our heels. but that's a neat thing. And so this year was the most kids we'd ever had from our county other than the first year. Because we had we had five kids from Franklin County, and so I was I really pushed to the elders who I knew, and I was like, y'all got to come not just to the gospel meeting, but come to the, come see Word flow at night. Come see them put in these evangelism scenarios. Come see them, you know, where they're having to work as an eldership, you know, to to work out a problem, or where they had to work as an eldership to bring back a wayward member or to convert somebody, um, and and those type of things were.
1: I bet they loved that, didn't they? Oh, yeah. What's really awesome in those dynamics is you get to see the different strengths of people come out, mm-hmm. you know, where some people are really good at herding sheep, and some people are good at, at bringing sheep, and, and it's really an interesting kind of, you know, to watch those things bubble up in each one of the, your your kids, I suppose, is the way you say it, but, mm-hmm. but it's just a real awesome thing to watch those things.
0: Yeah, and that, and that part, I mean, so they got classes and, and all that stuff during the day, and then then there's uh, then the you, you of course they're eating and ultimate frisbee in it and all that good good stuff you know the fun stuff you'd have at camp, um but then you know after the gospel meeting tonight everybody's going home well these kids are right back at it you know thirty minutes later and
1: yeah but they're also fourteen <laughs> right right it's a lot easier well
0: not necessarily there's some 60 and 70 year old guys going through the camp too I'm just saying I know you, know,
1: you realize that like when I do mission work or mm-hmm you're at camp or something like that, you know, you realize that this is unsustainable. Yeah, you know, right.
0: Like, oh, yeah, I'm broke down this week. Yeah,
1: this is unsustainable. There is no way that I can do this, yeah. you know, every day, week in and week out.
0: But I wasn't letting them know that that week. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I mean, it was a push. I saw Willie Franklin Sunday morning, and I was like, brother, it's like you, you getting – are you getting hoarse? Like the stuff getting to you? He's like, no brother, I'm just broke down. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Willie's all excited and everything through the week, but then, uh, you know, he's human too. And, uh, but it's, uh, but he ain't letting those kids know that. So some of the guys that come up with podcasts, they're like, man, how you doing? They're like, man, I love this podcast and different stuff. And like Pepe, he's a guy from, uh, he was converted in Texas. And, uh, he's he came up to me he's like man i love your podcast he said uh he said you uh man i i just feel like i know you and chris so much he's like i've never met chris and <laughs> and but he's like i listen to so much he's a truck driver okay and so he, he listens too. to us a whole lot so shout out to you pepe and uh you need to come meet chris and pepe uh he's he would be a good translator for you if you in case you ever you ever need somebody and he's a good worker and um, but he came to the Lord kind of he was one of those scenarios where uh he got baptized he got married and baptized on the same day. <laughs> right. You know, he had to leave sin and so he's <laughs> right. he's really talked about all those things and man, he is just so hungry yeah. for for the word and hungry to, to get better knowledge and then I get to hear him, you know, present his sermons and stuff and
1: You know, you know, just as kind of a sidestep and I don't want to dominate this I don't know
0: dominate go ahead
1: the, the, this session with this this uh, i don't mean dominate like me dominate the conversation mm-hmm. but but with this theme you know the largest i'm assuming pepe's a hispanic right yeah, oh yeah. okay and if not that was a really poor
0: yeah.
1: and, uh, and uh, impression of like a, mm-hmm. a, a an asian person <laughs> right, you know? right okay but um you know the largest minority in america now are hispanics
0: mm-hmm. What twenty twenty two percent somewhere you know, like that? Yeah, somewhere mm-hmm. like
1: that, and
0: that's documented. What? It, yeah, that's just numbers. It, you yeah. know,
1: I mean, it's just yeah, and and they're flooding across the border at mm-hmm. thousands upon thousands a day, and we had lunch, you know, with with one the other day. Were you with us, Ben? When we went, yeah, yeah, we had lunch with one some of them the other day that you know they're just thousands of undocumented that are mm-hmm. coming and you know i'm just i just want you to understand that there is a tremendous opportunity if we see it in the church to convert untold thousands of people yeah and and it's just we've just got to see it as as you know like i think sometimes we worry more about america than we worry about the kingdom and i'm not saying that we shouldn't follow the rules obey the laws any of those things like that i'm just saying that that we got this situation on our hands now, and we need to do the best we can with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we just can't be scared of losing America's culture. You know, the, we, we've got to be more worried about getting people in the kingdom.
0: Yeah, amen. And, and that was one thing that was talked about this week, too, is, you know, we do start those Hispanic ministries, but so a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of congregations at the Lord's Church where, you know, they'll put them in a back room Right. Or, you know, they'll put them wherever. And that's just, you know, we, we can't have that mentality either. Yeah. yeah well, it's, like we separate but equal, this doesn't work. Yeah. This is a go to a bilingual service. Yeah. I mean, what a- And I, that's a powerful thing, really. I mean, you've oh, been, yeah. I mean, the first time I ever witnessed a bilingual service, I mean, I was just, I mean, tears were just kind of rolling. It yeah, was just, I mean, it's yeah. precious.
1: I, I, what I, we used to do back home was. You know, I had converted a couple of them and then a few more and then a few more. And then, you know, before long, you've got a, you know, a couple of pews of folks that can't speak English, mm-hmm. right? And I, we talked about that conversation like, what's the best way? Should, should Chris, should you go over here while this guy's preaching and do another sermon for him, another lesson or something like that? And I was like, let's think about this. What if I just leave? And we gave him all the little, Earphones, like our old folks wear here, Mm -hmm. you know, like that gets broadcast. Like when you and I are preaching, it gets broadcast over that channel. They can hear on the earphones. So I went in another room by myself, and I just listened to the sermon, and then I translated the sermon so they could sit in the auditorium. Mm -hmm. And that way they sit in there and listen to what was being said in English, and then I was translating over that channel what was being said in Spanish. And, you know, there's just a – I'll tell you what's really awesome about that scenario is all those guys are still there today.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that's what worked for us. Mm -hmm. And it's just a real blessing, you know, that those guys will call me. I mean, like, like I know those, I mean, there's just so many stories I could tell you about it, but you know, we just got to understand that the Lord reached across eternity to save us. Mm -hmm. And so, we're fools if we can't reach across the the street, or across the the other side of the tracks, yeah. or into the trailer park, or whatever you know, wherever it's at.
0: Yeah, and with that comes some uh, comes some it comes a, a real litmus test for some people in the church because, um, you know, I sent I sent y'all a picture last Sunday of uh, your boys, your boys and my boys sitting by the, um by the fire with uh oh what's his name? He converted Pepe. Um Man, my mind's losing me. Anyways, he's sitting there sitting there with this brother and um he's gone You could
1: tell us the name and we still wouldn't know. Yeah, either. that's right. But anyways This there, is for your benefit to make still
0: not old. Yeah this brother was an elder in the church and he really you know, he said, I've always been evangelistic. He said I just didn't know uh, you know, I always studied the Bible with people. He's like, but I just needed better methods and things. And so, anyways, he saw the he saw the uh, the opportunity to to really start studying with his some Hispanic people. And he's an elder in the church at this time. Well, you know, he starts going on this evangelistic stuff and really like trying to bring souls to Christ. Well, you know, it just so happened that four out of the five people, so to speak, I'm not sure the exact numbers. That he brought pretty quickly to the Lord were Hispanic, and uh, and they, you know, they begin to question him. They're like, "Are you are you trying to make this a a Hispanic church?" And that's elders in the church mm-hmm. talking to a to a fellow elder, and he's mm-hmm. like, "What? Like these are souls." Mm-hmm. And and so he, you know, he got some backlash, even mm-hmm. to the point that like like he had to he had to step aside, and he just he started, you know, really he had to take evangelism somewhere else because the church was rejecting it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and so... Ain't that a shame? Amen. Just, just think about that.
1: Yeah. You know, the minute that you bring in the stuff that made us bad outside, you've just changed the inside. hmm You know, the minute you bring in your biases into the church, then what you've done is you've brought the bad stuff that you were supposed to leave on the outside into the inside. Now... Are there challenges with? Are there cultural challenges with every type of people? Yes, mm-hmm. there absolutely is. I, I'll tell you, like so. I I learned the first year I went on a mission trip was I don't know how many years ago. Years ago, and I said this year when I go back home, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn Spanish. Well, that's just because I was too stupid to know that how hard how long it would take to do it, mm-hmm. and but i studied real hard and what i inadvertently learned was and i'm just so thankful for the for the for the peripheral lessons that you learn maybe the school of hard knocks lessons was that i i made myself in every situation that i could speak spanish when i was in the states well what was what i found was interesting was that people that are hispanic speaking when they see you talk to them and their language, it 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 instantly causes a what's the word like a curiosity. Why why are you doing like I, I get it. Like I don't look like the guy that would speak mm-hmm. Spanish, right? right? I understand that. Yeah. And so, in their mind, it instantly causes like why do you do this for mm-hmm. and and then especially like if they're Hondurans and I can
0: well, it just, it's one of those things that that's so good about you, Chris. And I know you don't like getting compliments so because don't. because you're a Christian. But uh, you know that's just it. Just shows your love and your dedication for souls, and that's well, it. And was, that's, that's how much that you, you my love original souls.
1: intentions? You may say that, and, and and this this may take the wind out of your compliment. Well, that's where
0: me? it is now. I don't know what your original intentions. Well, it
1: was. was that I wanted to be able to do it myself. Mm-hmm. It's not that, and I thought if I do it myself, I won't take a translator away from somebody else, mm-hmm. and and so somebody else can go translate, and I use a lot of.
0: Therefore, that's your love for souls.
1: Colloquial, well, whatever you know, it's a lot of colloquialism. I don't, I don't, you know, yeah. like these hillbilly phrases, right? I, I don't want to stump them on it, yeah, right. And so, you know, ultimately, now it's, I mean, it's Friday nights, you know, we've got a group of them that study in the shop, you know, mm-hmm. at at the house, and so, you know, we've got one that, I, you know, I, I don't count my chickens before they hatch, but I think he's pretty close to obeying the gospel, mm-hmm. and. That'll be a good thing.
0: Yeah, you talking about those words? Uh, I remember when Victor looked at me. He's like, "Cats and dogs, raining cats and dogs." What? <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> like, right. It was raining hard. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, so you know, there's just, um, you know, we have got to to see. We can't see these things as burdens, but opportunities, because yeah, you can take every one of these situations. So you you figure that. When, I want to show you a scenario. Let's look at Acts chapter 15. Mm-hmm. I want you to see something here. In Acts 15. We
0: can just talk about this today instead of spending the oil if you want.
1: I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> but in Acts 15, there's a, there's a unique. So, you know, you got from the book of Acts all the way up through chapter 9. It's really a Gentile church. I mean. um,
0: Yeah, a Jew church.
1: A Jewish church. Converted Jews. Yeah, converted Jews, right? So the, the church just consist of, of converted Jews. And yeah, then,
0: and, we, and we've talked about that, the whole taking it to the Gentiles. We did the Cornelius studies yeah. on here.
1: But there's something really interesting that happens afterwards is there's this problem that arises over circumcision. Mm-hmm. And do we, um, do we still have to follow the law? In the sense of, are we bound? Because this was God's kind of, what's the word, covenant. You know, his word, I mean, a sign. Yeah, to
0: Abraham. He's like, if you're not circumcised, you're going to be cut off.
1: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. so this was something that was really hard for them. No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah, right. And and I was just thinking, this is really hard for them to let go of.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's, I used to always think this too, and I'm not trying to be gross on this podcast, but. I used to think, God, why, why that? You know, why that? Why is that Something the covenant? Else. <laughs> right, an earring. Are you a Jew or not? Well, let me show you. Right. Well, <laughs> if you want to God's people, well, let me prove it. But, but you know, Abraham was ninety nine when that happened, and it was, to me, what I got from it is, you know, you're to take up your cross and like, what am I not willing to give up for God? Well, if I'm, I mean, that's a, that's a man's precious commodity. And and so you, you think about that with Abraham's like, I'm gonna test your faith, I'm gonna see what you're willing to give up or not. He must not have been nearsighted. I don't know, but <laughs> but I mean that that's the conclusion that I've come to in my mind is is well, it's a test with God going, What are you what are you willing to give up?
1: Well and and there's just there's just something really well there's something that we miss, I think, sometimes. What I mean by this is that so the children of Abraham by the time Jesus gets here. Mm-hmm. They hang their hat on their genetics, mm-hmm. you, and you remember God told Israel, "Like I just chose y'all out of the lowliest of the people. Mm-hmm.
0: It's Isn't not it? because you were so great; it's because I loved you."
1: Yeah, I just I chose y'all. Y'all were basically, you know, some of the 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 dredges mm-hmm. as it were. But I chose you guys, and so when Jesus gets here, there's this kind of idea that we're so doggone special because of our offspring,
0: mm-hmm.
1: our, our genetics, our Father is Abraham. Yeah,
0: and John, we've never been enslaved to anybody. Yeah, yeah, we're
1: children of Abraham. It's like
0: you're enslaved to sin. Yeah,
1: and John, the immerser, is like, don't come over here thinking because you're children of Abraham that you're something special. I mean, he would turn these rocks into children of Abraham if he wanted to. But so you think about what God, what part of a man God requires in circumcision, right? That's the only part of you that can. Produce offspring, mm-hmm. genealogically, right? Yeah. Especially, I mean, nowadays I know we got IVF and all these right. other things, yeah. you know. But we're talking about something that is direct deposit, right? Yeah. I mean, old school—the way that the majority of every person that lives today and every person that's ever got here. Well, I think that that God's just trying to show that there's a really special relationship with His family, and there's a really special relationship with His with His people, and. And he wants to take care of them, and he wants to love them, and wants them to understand. He always calls them sons and daughters, even to, in the church. Now we are never kinfolk, cousins, dog kin, step. Mm-hmm. Ch- we are we are sons and daughters, and
0: and really sons, we're heirs.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, so there's just this really special thing that's tied to procreation, mm-hmm. and especially a man. If a kid comes running at you with a bat, what's the first thing you're going to grab? Yeah. Covering up. Yeah, you're not grabbing your knee or your yeah. elbow or something like that. Matter of fact, you're willing to sacrifice a knee and an elbow. Sometimes a nose. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you done, you done prioritized in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that God's just trying to show us that there's just something really special about his people. And and this part of you is, is what makes you – this is how you – these guys, these Jews were born Jews, they were born Jews, and the only way they were born Jews was through the reproductive process, right? Yeah. And so there was something really special about that. And, but that, that is a direct tie in my mind to what happens to the Gentiles in the New Testament because we are all, every Jew, every Gentile that, that ever came into the church, they were reborn as Christians. Mm-hmm.
0: They were circumcised.
1: They were circumcised. In the heart. Romans 2, right. And so what happened is when we get to Acts chapter 10, Cornelius obeys the gospel. Well, Cornelius seems to be a pretty Jewish guy.
0: Mm-hmm. You even though he's a roman yeah.
1: yeah i mean like if you look at like acts 10 and some of the characteristics oh
0: yeah he gave alms every day he's praying all the time yeah
1: yeah he's kind of taking care of the temple proper or so i mean or the the um, local synagogue or something like that right. you know so mm-hmm. cornelius is a pretty jewish guy and sometimes i think that we look for the guys that are pretty much like us you know we we look for the Corneliuses, the guy that Verse number two of chapter 10, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. always." And they're going to go on to describe him some Mm -hmm. later on that verse 24. And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, one who fears God, has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed a holy angel to summon you into his house to hear the word. This is where Peter's Mm -hmm, coming down to him. So, you know Cornelius and his whole household. You can read this scenario in Acts chapter ten and eleven, and you're going to see Cornelius come into the to the church with his family, and this will start the floodgate though, because Peter Acts ten is the is the actual account, and Acts eleven is Peter retelling. Recounting, you know, right. re, yeah, yeah, exactly recounting what what happened because they have no idea. You know, like what what in the world has happened here, Peter? Now yeah. you, you got to figure that. That Peter probably carried some weight, you know, in just in his reputation or just in his connection to Jesus, right? Not, not, not in his wisdom or anything like that, but just like Peter had been with Jesus since the beginning, essentially. So when Peter comes back, he's like, "I need to tell you the things that happened."
0: Well, yeah, there, there's like you went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. That was chapter eleven. Like, what are you doing, Peter? Yeah,
1: yeah they, they, they haven't. This is how you know that. That not everybody had every. There was still a growth process they had to go through.
0: Yeah, and there's a growth process we have to go through too. And we'll uh, let's talk Acts 15.
1: Yeah, so Acts 15. Mm -hmm. This is a scenario where there needs to be a powwow, and there needs to be a a conversation that has to be had. And so Acts 15 is is kind of a, a a unique scenario. Look look what happened. In Acts fifteen and verse one, let's just give a little background. Mm -hmm. And a certain man came down from Judea and taught the brethren. One man, right? Mm -hmm. It says a certain man. Let's say his name. Not
0: says in certain men.
1: I mean, in certain men. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant to say. Like, like it wasn't like uh, the whole council. You Mm -hmm. know, like, like they sent. You know, let's just send.
0: Right. There were some guys who came and did this, and fact, they're unnamed right here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there were just these.
1: These guys, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. They drew a distinct line. Mm-hmm. So, so number one, there's a real, we need to be real careful with where we draw lines at. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't draw lines. For Pete's sake, we mm-hmm. got to draw lines. Mm-hmm. But be real careful where you do it at. Because culture played into this, into this statement. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and a dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So they're.
0: Yeah, let's settle this, everybody.
1: Yeah, and, and they were. The, the good thing is, they were united in the fact that we need to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to send Paul and Barnabas and we're going to send some of our guys, you know, our yeah little teaching troop here, up to Jerusalem. And they're going to see the apostles and elders about this question.
0: Yeah, and what's going to be born out of this is the first letter ever to the churches.
1: That's right. And so yeah. this is how you, that, that as a parenthetical note, that's yeah. how you see the, the authority of the epistles. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that, that when Paul wrote to Ephesus or to Corinth or, or you know Thessalonica, wherever, that you have the authority behind the letters.
0: I love it when Hillbilly uses parenthetical. <laughs>
1: <laughs> makes me sound smart. I wrote Good it job. down on my list here. I got that one in today. Take <laughs> that one off. But the, so they go up to Jerusalem, and they need to have this conversation with Peter and the apostles. Mm-hmm. So verse 6, now the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. Isn't it interesting that they would include that they knew that even though the apostles were divinely inspired, they didn't have every little trickle or run of everything because... If the apostles had every ounce of knowledge that the Lord had, then, then they would have just asked the apostles, give us the download, mm-hmm. right? File, search, you know, C colon backslash D-I-R for the, yeah. for the MS Dolls people. And when there had been much dispute, verse 7, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago our uh, God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word and believe. So God... Who knows the heart? Acknowledged him by giving the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. So Peter's, you know, going through and he's like, "Hey, God told me to do this." And, and if that's not strong enough that my words do it, that, that that I'm telling you that that I said, you know, that, that God told me to do it. He gave them the Holy Spirit, and and they bring back guys with them from Acts 10 and 11 to verify what happened
0: right. there. Now, and you only left out one word, and you didn't do it intentionally. What did I do? You left out the word gospel. And oh
1: yeah, a, they should hear the word of the gospel and believe. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, no, it's fine. It, you you said you 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 were meaning the gospel as well. Whenever you said the word, they should hear the word and believe. Yeah, because the word contains the gospel. That's right. But there's a but that's that's the power of the gospel is that it's open to everybody. That's right. And uh, so keep going.
1: So in verse nine, And made no distinction by the between us them.
0: Between us and them.
1: Purifying their hearts by faith. You got me all yeah. jittery now, like I'm going to miss words. <laughs> <laughs> now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of these disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear?
0: Yeah, we couldn't keep the law. God gave us 1,500 years to keep the law. None of, not one could do it. We couldn't do it. There's none righteous. No, not one. And so
1: it's really the conversation is not about, while circumcision is kind of the, the like we'll say that the Civil War was over slavery. That, that's a bullet point for us to describe everything that was going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that's not, so this conversation that's happened in Acts 15, they, we call it the, 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 the dissension over circumcision or something like that, but that's not really what it was. It's really a deeper matter than what's going on. It's really like, okay, guys, we've got to understand that there's some things that we had to abandon when we came into Christianity. Yeah. That, that the law was not who defined us as people. The law was from God for us to understand how to become the kind of people he wants us to be. The law did not define us as as far as our uh, coat of arms, Mm -hmm. as it were. And so you guys wanting to bring these things in from the old law that we couldn't ever keep culturally. We couldn't. We just we messed it all up. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why we... On Acts 2, Peter says, You killed him for because yeah. you couldn't keep the law. What do you mean I couldn't keep the law? If you'd have kept the law, you'd understand that Jesus was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't keep the law, so that's why Jesus had to be the Messiah. That's what Peter's yeah. saying on Pentecost, right? And so he gets into this scenario here like, guys, you don't, you don't, we're discussing whether or not we've got to circumcise these guys, but that's not the discussion we've got to have. We're having the wrong conversation. It's about what kind of people. Does God want us to be now? So, look at what he does. Verse 12, And all the multitude kept silent, listening to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. So, so now you're getting Paul and Barnabas that are saying, listen, God has done some all, you know, Acts mm-hmm. 13 is when Paul starts his missionary journeys. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, now they're given, they've listened to what Peter. okay, that makes sense. I understand. Explain to me more. And, and Paul and Barnabas are going to go through this scenario and they're going to say, listen, you guys weren't with us, but we've seen amazing things happen amongst the Gentiles.
0: Yeah, and so it's about grace. This is chapter 11. We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Like, the Gentiles hadn't kept any, any part of the law. The Jews couldn't keep the whole law. So it, we got to have this grace through Jesus in order for us to, to accomplish it. it. And grace only comes through Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, and so that's why, that's why he can go on. In verse 14, Simon, Peter, right, mm-hmm. has declared how God at first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this words of the prophet, agree, just it is written. See, Peter's, mm-hmm. they're going back and they're saying, let me tie these Old Testament things. After this I will return, I will rebuild the tabernacles which David has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up so the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things.
0: Yeah, he's taking that from the book of Amos.
1: Yeah, this, this idea that, that you guys, it's, it's not that the Gentiles were going to acknowledge. You know, that's what that's kind of what they thought, that the Gentiles, God's going to do so many great things amongst the, gen, uh, the Jews that it's no way that the Gentiles could not... Acknowledge these things. He's saying, no, no, guys, you missed it. It's going to be such an awesome thing that God's going to do on the for the world that the Gentiles are going to get to be a part
0: of it. Mm-hmm. They're going to be called by my name too.
1: That's exactly right. It's not that it's going to be just like they're going to be amazed, but they're going to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Yeah, and and this is a, um, you know, it's open to the Gentiles. Well, that's that opens it up to, to every race and every mankind. Yeah, the Bible just the uses two races. Yeah.
1: You know, you know, it's just two races in the Bible: Jew and Gentile. So mm-hmm. either you're a Jew or you're everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I've only known a couple of Jews in my lifetime.
0: Yeah, and, the rest of us are Gentiles.
1: And they were proselytic Jews; they had converted to Judaism. They weren't born Jews. I've never known. I know that there are guys that are, you know, Hasidic and Orthodox and all these other. There's a Jewish synagogue here in town, and mm-hmm. the um. We but, ought
0: to go visit them sometime. I, I've tried. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've tried, and and it's an amazing thing to, to ask, to call and try to talk to their rabbi, and ask him questions from the Old Testament, and let's see how to say this. You realize that you're having two conversations because modern day Jews have the same problem that the Jews that rejected the gospel in the first century. They're still waiting. They're still believing and
0: trusting in themselves. They're still that, waiting on the Messiah to come.
1: Yeah, they think that they figured it out, mm-hmm. and that's the problem that's happening here. You're seeing they these Jews are still infected. These Christian Jews are still infected by this idea that I have figured it out. I've got to. I know what God wants, and I'm going to tell you what God wants. So you ask these guys, and I've asked them. I've had to try to have these conversations. They can't answer any of these Old Testament questions that I might ask them mm-hmm. because they don't really. By and large, read the Old Testament that much. They'll lay on beside it their rabbis and their, you know, their great leaders and everything like that are just as important as what the Bible says. Oh, yeah. So it all mm-hmm. gets confused in their head.
0: Kind of like denominations today taking the words of yeah, John some, Wesley or whoever. yeah yeah
1: or I mean yeah exactly right or the 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 little gob at the bottom from your MacArthur Study Bible yeah
0: right mm-hmm. you know well, John MacArthur's he's just as good as whatever yeah. And we understand he's just a man. and uh, So
1: what happens here is that they're having this, con- you know, this is what this whole conversation is about. Like, I'm telling you, this is what I think is pleasing to God culturally. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in their culture, right? This is what we've always been taught to think, that, that we're supposed to develop, come up with, rationalize, muddle out from the law what is the right things. That's why you see all these terms in the New Testament like, a Sabbath day's journey or rabbi, all these are New Testament terms or a byproduct of not having a prophet. They needed to have somebody that could, that could tell them authority, right? So here in verse 18 of Acts 15, it says, Known to God from eternity are all his works. I mean, that's a pretty blanket statement, right? Like, like no matter what you think, I know that we've spent a lot of time and that's a great thing, but known to God from eternity are all his works. We can't guess. We can't. We can't. You you know. You you think about Job scenario. In Job one, God and Job are having this. I mean, um,
0: God and Satan.
1: God and Satan are having this kind of powwow with Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. Job goes through all his trials, all his tribulations, all his problems, and God never tells Job that Satan was after him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Only thing God tells Job is when Job kind of gets a little. Mouthy with him. Nippy. Yeah. He says, son. Where were you? Where were you at?
0: When I hung the world from nothing.
1: When I said, you tell a
0: sea to stop over there. Yeah. I wish you can only come this far.
1: Yeah. That's as far as you're going to get up on the land. Where were you when those things and all
0: the other 15, yeah. 20 things that mean yeah. you can't recount right now?
1: Right, exactly.
0: So where were you at? He's like standing there. I'm gonna question you like a man.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, but Job never learns those things.
0: He, and he, knew, Job never knew why. He just knew the who.
1: He just knew the who. And so, so that's what Peter's saying. Like, you, you can't question all these. God knows why He does these things. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I judge because God knows everything. Then I need to make. We need to make a judgment call.
0: And Peter's done a lot of growing from Acts ten to oh. Acts fifteen. You know, he's Peter's going through all this stuff. But when his vision with Cornelius, he's like, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat." And he's like, "Not so, Lord." Yeah, like you ain't gonna get me. Yeah, you're not gonna get <laughs> me with this. And this this vision's done what three times? Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna break the, the the law."
1: I sent out my packing list this week for our our Honduras group. Mm-hmm. And I said, if there's anything from now, every question except for this one, ask the group. Don't ask me. But this one question, I need. If you don't understand it, email me, message me. I put the packing list in there, and I said, make sure to complete your refutiate, or refutiate's not even a word. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see. If people, who all read it? <laughs> who had the list, right? And so the ones that came to me is like I searched for refudiate and looked it up on. I can't figure out what that is, and I was like, it was just a check, right? And so that's what Peter. <laughs> so
0: you know who hadn't read your email? <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: exactly right, and so that's why Peter was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you ain't gonna get me on the refudiate check. I know, yeah. I know, Lord, yeah. No.
0: And he's like, the "Lord's like, what I what I've cleansed, you no longer call common."
1: Yeah. So Peter gets this real clear, mm-hmm. you know, because Peter had, he had worked through this in his mind. Like, okay, I know we're not supposed to do these things. I know that that you know I I have I have dropped the ball several times, but you're not getting me on this one. Well, so when Peter stands up to say this, he's really saying, like, guys, I've been down this road. Mm-hmm. I, I've been here. Like this is not a this is not a path we need to go down because unless you want the sheet vision or something like that we we don't need to even be having this conversation. The conversation that we need to be having is not whether or not the Gentiles should have. To keep circumcision, to keep the law, to keep these things. See, this is what where the crux of this conversation started. Yeah, they from.
0: understood like, okay, now the Gentiles it's open to them, but like, but they were saying, but they still got to be circumcised.
1: Yeah, and so this is this is where we draw it back to our original question. So when we see people outside, mm-hmm. right, different cultural challenges are going to come with people that are from certain demographics. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we've got to do then is see what they need help with, and that's the conversation that Peter directs them towards. Guys, the conversation about circumcision, the conversation about keeping the law, all those are moot points. Yeah, There's just no need to have that conversation with them. What they need to understand, what we need to send to those guys in Antioch is this, and he says, Therefore I judge that we should not trouble those among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we should write to them to keep the law, to be circumcised, to make sure they keep the feast days and Pentecost and Passover. Is that what he said there?
0: I don't even know where you're at, but I don't think that's what he said.
1: (laughs) Acts 15, verse 19. He says, Therefore I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, that we should write to them abstain from things polluted by idols from sexual immorality, from things strangled, from blood. For Moses had throughout many generations those who preach him in every synagogue being read in every sab- Sabbath. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was named Barsabbas, leading men among the brethren, and they wrote this letter by them. And Peter, it's going to go on.
0: Yeah, and, and what's the amazing thing is like verse 20 like you need to abstain from the things polluted by idols. Well, people need to abstain from things that are polluted by idols today. It was just a different context then. Idols were different. Well, well what do we need to what do we need to abstain from? We need to abstain from pornography. you know things that are that are idolatry you know when it comes to our phones. We need to abstain from from this this mindset that that a man uh, you know and his skin color, is uh, is going to be something that I'm going to idolize. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't matter what his skin color is. You know, I can't idolize a white man. Somebody doesn't need to place a, a, a white man or a black man or a Hispanic man on a pedestal. Then that's the thing that's polluting the churches today is the white churches are continuing to hire white preachers. The black churches are continuing to hire black church preachers. And guess what the Hispanics wanted? The Hispanics said, we want a Hispanic preacher just the same way that the whites have. And that's a, that's a pollution thing.
1: Listen to this, Bob. Anytime that you say my people in the church and you're not talking about Christians, you've removed yourself from them. That's right. Because God's people have always just been God's people. There has never been a color, cha- a color chart that you held up to determine whether you are God's people or not. It's just always been the heart, Bob. Amen. So if there's anybody in the church that says my people or my this or... You've just taken yourself out of the church.
0: Yeah, the, the day of Pentecost, even though the, that it wasn't, um, even though the, like Gentiles weren't necessarily there that day, we we see that there's people from every nation. There were proselytes. There were proselytes. So that means that
1: there may have been Gentile born. They mm-hmm. may have been Jewish by this point. But That's they, right. But there would have been everybody from everywhere. You got North Africa all the
0: way to Rome, Asia, yeah. And so you got you got blacks, whites, Hispan- uh, Asians, you know, every color to rainbow. That's right. That and you can
1: mix folk up as
0: they were all there the day one of the church.
1: And so what Peter says then is he's like, listen, if you just read the words, like look what he says. For Moses had throughout many generations, those who preach him in every synagogue being read in every synagogue. So 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 he's saying that that Moses. Moses' words are read over and over and over again, but it hasn't really, you know, we're still missing the point. You guys need to abstain from the things we Jews, Peter, you know, kind of point back. Mm-hmm. We've read Moses for generations. We still miss the point. Right. Don't, so, so you guys, that's why he starts in verse 24. Since we've heard that some of you went out from us, have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. Mm -hmm. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved brother Barnabas and Paul. Men have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've sent Judas who will report to you the things by the word of the mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Abstain from things offered to idols from blood from things strangled from sexual immorality keep yourself from these things and you will do well.
0: Mhm. And that wasn't a that wasn't an exhaustive list, but he's saying those but, are things that would that would plague a Gentile.
1: Well, when you think about the way he writes in Galatians when Paul writes to Galatians chapter 5 and he says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience all these things mm-hmm. against such there is no law. This is not it's never you're never going to find an exhaustive no. list. Right. But what Peter is trying to get them to see is like, guys, I know that you're really struggling with you Gentiles. You're really struggling with this idea of do... We've got these guys that kind of have this pedigree and this like... uh, They can talk to us about all these Jewish things and we got to ask them these questions and understand about the prophets and Moses and the Psalms and all this stuff. And so we kind of look up to them and now oh boy, they're saying we got to be circumcised and we got to keep these things in the law. I don't understand. Like That just doesn't seem to me the message that God's trying to portray. And Peter says it's not, guys. Mm-hmm. The same problem that we had with the law, you'll have too. So you need to work on, we don't need to give people extra burdens. You don't need to give people extra burdens. You don't need to spend the time to say, okay, I know that you as a person that is, let's just say, Let's just say a poor person, okay? I know that you as a poor person have got to, so some things you've got to learn. Uh, you may have to learn how to budget your money properly. You may have to learn how that you can't depend on the government to take care of you. You may have to learn that, that there's a certain way that the Lord wants you to work and work with zeal and fervor. Well, and I, But I'm not going to lay on top of you these things like, you've got to wear a tie to church every Sunday also gotta you got you got, you've got to stop saying and, and, and acting, doing those things that you did culturally before because there's just certain things that their people are going to bring in from the church into the church that's part of their culture and that's completely fine. It's a completely acceptable thing. I mean, the reason why we're in, we're in Honduras and they do Honduran things, I remember the first couple of times going down there, I was like, all right, this is weird. But here we are, you know, let's just go on and do it now. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 they, they may, for example, for their, just for their church services, they may have an hour-long Bible class. And then after Bible class, when they come together for the assembly to sing and to partake of the Lord's Supper, they may take 20 or 30 minutes for the Lord's Supper, and then they may only preach for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you say, like, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> well, why isn't it? Right. I never see a time limit on the sermon, mm-hmm. you know. And so anybody listening to this, don't think that it just has to be 10 minutes by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but but the culture of it is just there's just going to be things that you're going to bring in. You're just going to have to figure these things out as you go along, but but what Peter says is he speaks to culture. Right? So so you take you take um some of your let's use the Hispanic situation again then, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they've been used to Government corruption. They can't trust the government. They're always going to lie to them. You know, this, this, they play the same politics games down there. You know, you pitch you against one another. They play here. Politicians are good at that. But what this is going to cause is a serious distrust and disdain for them to do anything that the government says. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not, that's not the kind of people God wants us to be. And so, So we've got to help them understand. It's just a challenge for all of us. Today. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. sure is. So we've just got to be the kind of people that help them work through these cultural challenges to become the kind of Christians that they also need to be.
0: Yeah. So talking about circumcision, um, here's a here's a great verse talking about this, and and I think it's a great way to uh, to kind of wrap it up. Wrap it up. But Colossians two, we'll start in verse eight. Beware lest anyone cheat you, the King James says, spoil you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, in Christ, was all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you were complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Here it is, buried with him in baptism. So if you want to be circumcised today, you need to be buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Well, that's, a, that's the Gentiles. You being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, Yet he made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How? When you're baptized, when you truly obey the gospel, when your faith was right. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, that's the law, he's taken out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or in regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. So let, so let uh, the substance be Christ in your life, and don't let anybody cheat you. You need to be circumcised with him, and that is being buried with him in baptism. This is the Unscripted Podcast.